Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Do you think your rising notoriety online might impede your ability to find honest, open interlocutors in the future? Yes, I do. I think that's entirely possible. And it could be an issue not just for me, but for anybody. Let's say somebody is discovering articles written about SE that are unfavorable, misleading, mischaracterize what we're doing. I could imagine that that could make it pretty hard to do an interview, or anyone else for that matter who's attempting to use SE. Maybe they drop a belief scale, right? A very obvious question that might indicate that you're attempting to do some sort of SE. But it shouldn't. Hey, my Mormon friends are here. Oh, there's a different guy. Yes. Let's see if I can get him to stop. I need a battery change though. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Hey, how you been? Good. Yourself? So good. Amazing weather. I know. Seriously, these are so awesome. Are you okay if I record this? Just so you know? Sure. Okay. Sure. How are you? My name is Anthony. Good. I'm Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I actually need to do a battery change if we're going to talk, but no, the weather is incredible. I'm loving this. I, yeah. I, it reminds me of Los Angeles. How's it going today? So good. Doing some outreach? Yeah, we just had a lesson. Yeah. It went really well. You awesome. had a lesson? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. So, things are going well. Where's your other elder friend? He went to a different area. Oh, okay. Yep. Hmm. So this is my new... He got transferred? Yeah. Is it common to transfer people around? Or oh, yeah. Is it... So every six weeks we have what we call transfers, actually. And yeah. so, I mean, there's not always every six weeks we get transferred, mm -hmm. but there's a possibility. And so some people stay in one area for six yeah. weeks and then they're out, and some people stay in the area for nine months. Okay. Will it be the two of you here for the for the most part? Yeah. For, the, for the next, for how long? For the next six weeks. For six weeks? Yeah. yeah. My understanding, though, is that uh, it's finals week coming up, yep. so they probably won't be here much more beyond next week. Yeah. Okay. So. Will you be back in January? Yeah. Yeah. What will you do in the meantime? If you if you don't come here, is there anywhere else you plan on going? That's, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Really? What we're going to do for events and stuff like that. Hmm. Draw people in, so. Okay. Are you interested more in like college students or would you go like downtown to the Alamo or something or? Well, the Here's... demographic that we cover is mm -hmm. young single adults, what we call them. And so anywhere from 18 to 30 years old. Oh. And so that's why we're on the college campus. Sure, yeah, you can definitely reach that demographic here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's Even some older than 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm doing, I'll, just, I'll explain to your friends. Okay, absolutely. I, I have this hobby where I ask people questions about how they're arriving at their conclusions. And I'll talk to pretty much anybody. I've talked to Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, LDS Church. Yeah. Uh, to use the appropriate term, Thank I you. think. Appreciate yep, it. I'm trying. I'm trying to get out of that. I love it. That's okay. And all sorts of other people, too. Even people that don't think that there's a God. We take their claim, and it doesn't even have to be about God. As you know, we can talk about anything. It sometimes often comes to God, but yeah. we can talk about pretty much any topic, I suppose. Yeah. And I ask questions to challenge people about how they can be so sure that it's really true. Yeah. To the point where you'd be out walking around and, and trying to get people to come to your events yeah. because you're so sure that you have it. Absolutely. You're convinced of it. Yeah. You're 100% or close to it. I don't yeah. remember exactly. 100%, 100%. There's no doubt in your mind that you've got it figured out. 
And the act of embarking on an exploration by asking questions of how we're arriving at our conclusions could be really useful. Would you like to do a second discussion? Do you have to you have time for we it? Get lunch first, then have a second discussion. For sure. Is that okay? Of course. We're just running a subway like right there. Yeah, yeah, no worries. That's good. Okay. That actually gives me right time back. to change out my batteries and stuff. Okay. okay. Beautiful. My name's we'll Anthony, by the way. Yeah. Right. Nice I'm looking to forward you. to it. Okay. We'll see ya. He's probably giving them the skinny <laughs> as they're walking away. What is this guy actually doing out here? What kind of questions did he ask you? Looks like I got my, my iPad audio situation worked out just in time. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and refresh my batteries in both of my, well, in my chest cam. Okay, we've got some LDS elders coming back for a chat. I was actually thinking about getting out of here, but now I'm gonna stay. You know, the criticisms that people may be levying against I, I actually wouldn't mind. Can I give you some money for one? No. Okay. What do you want? Can I just get something with um, with just like turkey and like white bread and turkey on it? White bread, turkey. Would that be okay? Cheese. I do like the American cheese. American cheese. Yeah. What vegetables? I'm not a vegetable guy. Okay. Maybe like a six inch. Okay. With some water, I suppose. That'd Mayonnaise be good. And mustard or? Just dry. Just uh, ch yeah, that's crazy. Just turkey cheese. Just, yeah, that'd be really nice. Can I give you some cash for it? No. You're very kind. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Six. Okay. Oh, they offered to buy me some lunch. <coughs> I really needed some water. Here's my question for people who are worried about SE, particularly if you're a Christian and you think Mormonism has it all wrong. Those poor LDS elders being away from their family and spreading lies about Jesus. Wouldn't you want them to engage with somebody asking these questions? Or are you only against SE when it's used with members from your in-group? Do you think I should debate with these Mormons or use SE? Which would you prefer that I use? Oh, here comes Marin. Howdy, Marin. What's up? I noticed it. I hearted it. He's like, <laughs> that was Marin. So um, he was walking with his friend in a fairly brisk, uh, at a fairly brisk pace. So I don't think he's, he didn't have time. But he just reminded, he just said, hey, I made a comment on our, on our first video that we did together. I like his attitude about it. Oh, let me get back to my story. I sat in this class where a Christian apologist was explaining how to 
good questions and good ways to engage with people. And of course, most of it was about doctrine. Our book says this, their book says that. Of course, they can't have it right. We've got it right. It was more about that stuff. But I remember raising my hand and asking, here come our Mormon friends. I remember raising my hand and asking if he's ever tried asking the Mormons if they require faith for concluding that their God is real. The look on his face when I asked that question, he, he responded with something like, well, I've never heard a Mormon say that. To which I was thinking, and I think I even later tweeted, how many Mormons have you actually spoken to? Hello. Hello, can I get this to you right here? Yeah, you're very kind. Thank you so much. Of course. Did you guys eat? No, Did not yet. Do you want to go sit down and eat this first and come back? No, no, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You're welcome to join us if you want to. Um, my preference, honestly, is to record standing up. So maybe you, you want to do eat your sandwiches and then come back. Would that That'd be okay? Be awesome. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be rude. I, no. I'm very grateful for for you doing this. Of course. Thank you. Okay. They invited me to go sit down with them while we eat, but I'd rather not be chomping on a sandwich while I'm interviewing them. I'm going to say, though, I am somewhat mentally fatigued right now. But I think the sandwich... Excuse me, I know, I know what you're eating. I, mean, I just wanted to know... What, uh, I've seen you here, and I just wanted to know what you were about. That's cool. Well, I'm actually taking a little lunch break. I'm so sorry about that. No, no, it's cool. This is the perfect time to come up to me. <laughs> what I do is I interview people who are willing to explore their views on whatever claim they make because they think that it's true. So, but since we have a little bit of a low, and I'm not checking my screen, what questions do you think, well, particularly if you listen to the first conversation I had with one of these guys, we, well, testing came up and faith came up and, you know, being, being a witness to the Holy Spirit, personal experience, testimonies, the feeling that you get, it might actually be virtuous to believe it on faith. You don't have to test it. Oh wait, you do have to test it. Wait a second, no, you don't have to test it. These were things that came up in my previous discussion with the, with the two guys. Now, one of them's gone. Is there anything that you think, what's, what's a good starting point with them? I'm thinking maybe asking the one guy how much of the conversation he remembers and then asking him where he wants to pick it up. Just walked by. Give me a little hat tip. Nice guy. You know what would have been awesome? If Shane had walked by just as I was talking to those Mormons. I wonder if that would have been like a, a spontaneous outsider test for faith jolt. and they're walking towards me right now. We missed it by about a minute. 
an opportunity for Shane to have seen me talking to the two Mormon guys. Thank you again for the food and drink. Of course, no problem. That's great. Do you mind um, in the shade, preferably? Do you do you want to find a comfortable spot for you, and then I'll just move the cameras around and all that? And are you still okay with me recording it and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I aim for respectful conversations that are fairly brief. Okay. And if at any point we we start like debating and arguing, then I've I've dropped the ball. Okay. My goal is not to debate or argue. Yeah. It's to get clarity. Naturally. Yeah. Remember we talked about like the, like a, the metaphoric U.S. football field, how we like progressed on the field and moved oh, back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my view, the end zone of that is clarity. It's yeah. getting a full understanding of your reasons and how you're concluding that this stuff is true. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, let me just put this guy up. I'll draw some crumbs on there. And then this guy here. I'm having an incredible day of interviews. It's, I absolutely love doing this. I can kind of see the appeal of, of what you're doing, like talking to people about their deeply held beliefs. Oh yeah. Uh, what is the, re I'm actually honestly curious, what is the reaction to what you're saying? Do you get a lot of people just like, they just wave you off and you don't even get a one-on-one -on -one, or do they just politely listen, nod their head? And what is a success to you? Let's start with that. Okay, so basically your pitch is this. I'll, that's what I'll call it as a pitch. We pitch our idea and our, our service to people. Mm -hmm. Give people a picture of Jesus Christ typically, or pamphlet, or just something that has information about our church on it. Yeah. And then explain who we are as missionaries. We say we teach lessons about Jesus Christ. It takes about 10 minutes. Afterwards, we leave you with a prayer for you, your family, your schooling. You do you know. do the lessons right there on the spot, or do you try to invite them to some of these after, after school things that you offer? So or? most of the time, we schedule a lesson <clears throat> later on in the week, but it's always on campus. We, we haven't really taught a lesson like with students. Uh huh anywhere else other than campus. So we meet them like okay. in between classes. Okay. So it's on their time. It's usually outdoors though, I take it. Yeah, typically. Oh, I see, you say like, we're gonna meet down at the bottom of the stairs at three o'clock on a Thursday. Do you do yep. that type of thing? Yeah. Okay. We'll shoot them a text and say, where do you wanna meet today? And they'll say, mm -hmm. uh, at the fountain next to the library or something like that. How long have you been at this spot? Mm, almost two months now. Huh, okay. How's it working out for you? Like, how is, are you getting a lot of people showing up and listening to what you have to say and considering it and maybe even adopting it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, turnover rate is obviously pretty high, especially among college kids. They'll say, yeah, I yeah. want to meet up. We shoot them a text, want to meet up. Oh, uh, bro, I'm decent at happens. Yeah. But with those that do meet with us, the, the response is very positive. Hmm. We share what we consider to be a unique message. Mm -hmm. Because it's one that a lot of people haven't heard of before. Mm -hmm. However, when we can take a second and break it down for people, especially who already have a Christian background, mm -hmm. one, a lot of things that we talk about in Christianity, they're pretty far-fetched, I'm going to be honest with you. Like someone part <laughs> that you seat, talk about or those other Christianity people? Christianity itself. Oh, know, yeah. Stories from the Bible. Do you find that you have more difficulty talking to a Christian as opposed to somebody who doesn't think that there are any gods? Or is it equal? Or I'd say it's about equal. Um, hmm. Christianity is nice because we all have that base in Jesus Christ. Where, uh, but you know, we get—that's where we get hung up as points of doctrine. Whereas yeah. someone that is not familiar with Christianity is usually fairly open to, you know, hey, what do you guys believe? What, what they want to compare what they believe to what we believe, and so I'd say it's about equal. Mm-hmm. 
I've often found that getting hung up on the points of doctrine can be can interfere with our ability to understand the quality of the reasons that you're using to conclude that this is true and how you're verifying that those are good reasons. We talked about that a lot last time. Do you remember much about what we talked about the first time around? Or? Yes and no. I know that it was a lot about you know who we are as missionaries and what our purpose is and mm-hmm. why we think what we think is true. Yeah. I think we spent some time talking about how you verify your reasons for your concluding that the stories in the book and and even the uh, the instructions that I think you said the book gives you for verifying what the book says. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that, that there's some passage. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember the verse. No, not perfect. But there's some verse apparently in there that says, listen, you can actually go out and test this to see that this really is the word of God. And then I think we talked about some of the things that you and your friend both did to yeah. test it, yeah. right? Absolutely. Where do you want to go with this conversation? Wherever you want to take it. I want to challenge your methodology for verifying your reasons, which is really what we try to do in this approach. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Okay. Like you, I mean, we're not here to, to argue with anybody. We love trading ideas and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but yeah, we would be totally open to you know, a little, little questioning or okay. things like that. And then we can make this a back and forth too. So yeah. if you want to ask me similar questions. Yeah, of course. So since um, your friend is new, maybe I can ask him some of the same questions that I may have asked you. Yeah, absolutely. Is that cool? And if you have to ask questions that are even maybe sound a little bit bashy, we'll be good with that too. Oh. Like not contentious, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to go into a little bit deep. Oh. Mm. Well, number one, I don't think it would be effective if I did. And number okay. two, I really just wouldn't want to bash what you're believing. Okay. Well, good. Well, I wouldn't want to bash you as a person. Okay. What you believe might actually be problematic and, and yeah. what, in my view, mistaken. Yeah. So maybe I'd, maybe I would want to bash the belief, I okay. suppose, but I don't want to bash the person. Okay. I, th- right. I make a distinction between who we are and the things that we think are true. Yeah, of course. And I want to figure out, I actually want to work with you both and anyone else that I talk to, how they're verifying their reasons. So... Let me just, maybe I could just ask you if that's okay. Uh, Stay. Okay. But what I'd like to understand is how you went about figuring out that that's true. Yeah, of course. What what are your reasons for being, I assume that you think that it's true to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, For myself, I would say that I tested the opposite side of of the life I live now. That um, I didn't live... Uh, according to how the church says God wants me to. And um, I experimented with things that were contrary to uh, what what we believe. And I, for myself personally, I found that I wasn't happy, that it wasn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those things left me feeling empty, um, discouraged. They were not pleasing. Um, and I found that I was truly happy when I was practicing practicing this gospel, that I was around my family, I was around my friends, I was with people who wanted to believe, who had that hope of, of a better life and in a God. And so yeah. uh, for me, it was really just about, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been to both sides of the, the road, if you will. And mm. um, Would it be fair to say that you are happier today and your life has more meaning because you decided to, for one reason or the other, or maybe other reasons, think that it's true? 
Absolutely. And when you didn't think that it was true, your life didn't have this meaning. You were less happy without. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. That's that's very accurate. Yeah. So, like a typical SE question that I might ask now is, do you think it's possible for somebody to get meaning and purpose and happiness from a conclusion that's not really true? Um. Well, I think it, I think we have to be careful with that. I think that. My way is not the highway, obviously. That the way I found happiness is not how everybody's going to find happiness. And so I would say mm. that it is it is possible, yes. Could somebody find happiness from thinking that a completely different God exists and they get meaning and purpose from it, and yet it's the completely different... Uh, we maybe use Vishnu or something in our conversation, I think, maybe. Some, in, some Hindu God that somebody gets tremendous meaning, purpose, satisfaction, and happiness from thinking that it's real? Yeah, I think it's entirely possible. I think that, you know, for me, the definition of happiness is freedom. It's that ability to choose what you want to do with your life. And so for me, I chose something opposite of what I'm doing now, and I didn't like it. And so now I'm choosing this lifestyle, and I'm choosing this this way of living. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes me happy, is, is living how I do now. But that does not is obviously not the same for everybody you know some people will find happiness mm. um, or at least what they think is happiness in drugs or alcohol mm. so other people's will find happiness in a different religion other people will find happiness in material things are you saying that your life is better because you think that it's true yeah I would say so okay okay but I would say that um, while we believe this is true and that it brings me happiness mm. um, one of the one of the beautiful things about what we believe about God's plan is that He gives everyone that freedom to choose, and mm -hmm. people are allowed to do with their lives what they will. Um, one of the, that's one of the beautiful things about our missionary work is that it's all it's all service based. It's all out of that mindset that we want to help you. If you don't want it, we're not here to bother you. We're here to try and help you. You did a wonderful gesture for me just recently. You, you bought me some water and, and a sandwich, and I'm grateful that for that. Yeah. Do you think that you wouldn't have even considered doing that if you hadn't decided that this God is real? Do people need to have your God in order to do good things? No, no. I believe mm. that there, we believe that there's inherently good people in this world that, um, you know, that that people are, there are good people in the world. It's not restricted to just religion or just our religion, that people mm. do good things every day. I think I agree with you. I think that if you weren't with the LDS church, and you just happen to be out here, and maybe we'd chit-chat. I would imagine that you would probably still offer me a sandwich. I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, and I would probably do the same to you. In fact, I think last time I offered, well, I offered you water, but I didn't have it. Yeah. I think yeah, I had something along those lines. Okay, so if somebody can be good and find meaning and purpose and happiness with a completely different God or even without any God, why is that a good reason to think that you have it correct? I would say... Um, for me, one of the one of the largest sources of, of knowledge and truth is the scriptures. Now, mm -hmm. people have their differing ideas about about scripture and how true and how not true it is. But for me, um, I took that promise very literal that you talked about earlier. Um, in in the Book of Mormon, it it states that if you have a desire to know if this is true, then pray and ask God. And I took that literally, and I and I tested it for myself. And mm. um, for me, the scriptures are truth, and the scriptures teach that we need to have faith in Jesus Christ. We need to 
repent and we need to be baptized. And so for me, that is truth. Uh, that's what brings me fulfillment and happiness. And hmm. I want to share that happiness with others. Now, obviously, not everyone's going to accept that. But <laughs> for me, the scriptures is is what is is that truth there. The scripture has some sort of wording that encourages you to test it. Yeah. And it sounds like you did. Yeah. Did you honestly go out and test it and do some sort of thing? I think yeah. I even asked you a similar question. Yep. And I think that you said that you did. And you can jump here in any time too. Okay. Here's what I'm wondering about your test. And I think I may have asked you the same question. There might be some redundancy here. That's just fine. because he's new. Yep, I get it. Okay. Did you perform a test that could end in a failure? I don't believe so, no. Meaning, just to be clear, a test that when performed would lead you to conclude to your satisfaction that this isn't the word of God. Does it have a failure component to it? Or is it only a test that can confirm it? I believe that it's only a test that can confirm it. But to me, the the uh, the asterisk there, if you will, um, is do you do you want it or not? People that are people that read the Book of Mormon to disprove it are not going to find things that are true in it. They're hmm. If you're looking to disprove it, could you repeat it, that again, just to make sure I got it? Yeah, people people that are reading the Book of Mormon to disprove it are not going to find truth in it because they don't want it in the first place. A person has to want the truth in order to accept the truth that's in the book. Yeah. So I'd say if all hmm. you're if all you're doing is reading the Book of Mormon to bash them the LDS Church and mm-hmm. and you know, try to tell them they're wrong, then there's really no point because you're just going to try to find fallacies in it, which I don't believe there are any, but you're going to try and do that and your heart's not going to be in the right place. So if you're going to try and read the entire book for things that are wrong and then you're going to kneel down on your knees and say, well, God, I know it isn't true. Can you just like, let me, let me know that, that I don't believe that's how it works in the, in the scripture. It states that if the desire of your heart is to know that these things are true and to know what you've read is true, then you get down on your knees and ask God. And so for me personally, it's about the mindset you have going mm. into it. I don't believe that somebody that doesn't already want to read the Book of Mormon or read what we believe um, is going to find is, is going to get anything out of it. I, I think I understand what you're saying. In order for somebody to conclude that your holy book is the truth, they would have to first make sure that they're not approaching it as, how can I go about and show that this is wrong? Exactly. I need to approach it as, it's, it's, it's an attitude. Yep. I have to approach it as, this is what I think you're saying. I have to approach it as that it is the truth, and then I need to figure out what I might stumble across that might show me that it's not. Yeah, basically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if you... Do you have to approach it from the perspective of it's truth, and then I'm going to start with that? I... Why would a person start no, with... No, I would, I would differ that. I would say that you need to have a hope that it's true. And the reason I say that is because we believe that in the Book of Mormon, it talks about Jesus Christ visited, visiting the people of the ancient Americas as a resurrected being. You have to start with the hope that it's true? You have to start with the hope that, that there's more the puzzle, I'm going to say. There's more to the, the puzzle. of Jesus Christ. There has to be, like, truth in here. Let's say somebody says, I hope that this is the Word of God. Yeah. And then they embark on an exploration of a holy book, anyone, including yours. An honest 
exploration with an open attitude, of willingness to accept it. Could somebody go through all that on any holy book and conclude that it's true when in reality it isn't? I would say that that, that promise is found in the Book of Mormon, so we take it very literally. Um, I would say that's a hard question the to prom answer. Yeah, that's the a good question. The book makes a promise that it's the truth. Yes. Yeah. And then it gives you some instructions on how you can validate it. Yeah. yeah. But what, what I think I'm hearing here is that if you approach it with the attitude of, I'm skeptical, I don't really think that that's true, I'm going to figure out if it is, a person may not be as open to accepting it as the truth if they approach it from that attitude. Are you approaching your acceptance of what the book says from a place of bias? So for me personally, I did a lot of research on, on world religions before I, I came out on my mission. It was just one of those things that I was fascinated by. I love learning for about you. other cultures, other people. I think that, like, first of all, that respect that you have to have for all people is, is what's going to allow you to really connect with people and trade ideas and, and share thoughts with them. Um, for me, I would say that... I think that it's it's specific to the Book of Mormon. While I while I do respect other cultures, um, and while I have learned about them, I would say that that I that idea, um, you know, I haven't read another book of scripture that really states that idea of if you read this and then you do this, then you it will be manifested to you that it's true. And so, you know, while I applaud other people and I, I certainly respect them and their beliefs for those other books of scripture that um, they believe to be holy, I would say that while this is specific to our uh, religion, that's the promise that it gives. The book promises that it's the truth. And earlier you were talking about points of doctrine. I jotted it down on my board. I'm not interested in what other people think is the case I'm not interested in their doctrine. I'm not so much interested in yours until we can see if somebody has good reasons and a reliable process for testing the claims. Yeah. yeah so okay. I don't want to get too wrapped up on, yep. yes, of course, people can believe whatever they want. Mm -hmm. I want the three of us to focus on methodology. How okay. can we go about figuring out that what that book says is true really is true? I want to get into your method, your process, the steps that you used. Yeah. So okay. we can we can talk about your testing. However, yeah. if if this is a test that can only confirm and there's no way to have a fail test, it makes me wonder about the quality of the test. I'm not saying that you you can't describe what a fail test would look like. Okay. But I do want to throw that out there as something to consider. Yeah. Let us ask you, do you believe in God? In what? Do you believe in God? I don't think that there are any gods. Okay. No. What, what uh, do you believe? I believe that people are very good at coming up with reasons to think that there is one. Okay. And when we explore, when I explore the reasons with them, they don't turn out to be very good reasons. Okay. Or they might be a really good reason, but I have no way of testing the reason. Oh my goodness, I can't really test to see if I should be accepting the Bhagavad Gita as a source of truth. The Bhagavad Gita might have a verse that says, this is how you test it. And I did the test and I got a result back that tells me the book is true. However, what would a fail test look like? 
what test could I perform that would confirm to me that this isn't the Word of God? Do you have the ability to disconfirm your claim? I think, okay, maybe this is the wrong answer to give you, but my answer would be that why not try? Because if, if you if you test it mm-hmm. and nothing happens, yeah. well, then you at least know that the book isn't true for you personally, but then your life is the exact same. So what's the harm in testing it? There's no harm in testing at all. I, I'm willing to test your holy book okay. to see if it's true. Here's my dilemma. Yes. If we looked at your tests and your outcomes and figured out that we could never conceive of something that would show that your test failed, why would I want to perform a test that could never demonstrate that what I'm testing is factually real and true? What's the point of a test if it only yields results that seem to confirm the case? I could probably think of an example of, or just a real world example. You asked me what kind of food I want. Like, what, did I want a six, six inch or, or a foot yeah. long? I said a six inch. Okay. That's a testable proposition. I can wait and see what you bring back and then I can compare it. You know, I can actually inspect it. I can look at it. But if you just handed me a bag and it was a nondescript bag okay. that I can never inspect, it wouldn't make sense for me to believe that there's, with 100% certainty at least, that there's a six inch sub in there. Do you understand what I mean? Can I take it a different way? Oh, please. I'm going to try this real quick. So let's, let's just take the thought process that none of the things that we teach are true. Okay. okay. Start with the assumption that... That our doctrine isn't true. Gotcha. Let's, gotcha. Just, let's just go there. Okay. Let's say that someone came up with a way to prove that the Book of Mormon is wrong, mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ was just a no, normal man that God doesn't know. Sorry, just a little noise in the background. Okay, so. Yeah, no problem. So now all you have is the things that we live by. The principles, the things that... We as humans or church. Oh, I see. The things that we do in our church. Okay, I think I follow you. Can we take this this route for a second? Please. Okay. I'm with you. So let's just take the approach of, do you ever read like personal development books or self-help, anything like that? Yeah. Are you involved with those books? Uh, No, but I'm familiar with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love them. Mm. All they talk about is universal principles and truths that a lot of people can be successful with. The beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ in our church is that we live by all of those values. Gotcha. We live by the values of don't drink alcohol. I mean, some people say just don't drink excessive alcohol. We just say, we don't know what excessive is for each individual person, so we're not even gonna try to measure that, and we just don't drink alcohol. Yeah. And so I'm gonna say that if you don't drink alcohol, you're probably gonna be a little bit healthier. Mm. Is that correct? Could you say that? I think I follow what you're saying. Can I get, can I cut to the chase and yeah. tell me if this isn't where you're going? Yeah. But I think what you're explaining here is that somebody could adopt an outlook on the world that improves their lives, that gives them meaning and purpose and happiness and a healthier lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and the book not be true. Is that where where you were going with that? No, interesting though, but very close. The thing I was getting at was, you're asking the question, why would anybody do it? Why would anybody test this if 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 there's no fail to it? Is that? And what you're saying. Why would anyone embark on a test that they can never determine what a failed result would look like? Okay, so I guess my answer to that question is you couldn't really fail if you tried testing the book and live by the principles of the church. Okay, because l- l- the, let, me, okay. let me just do this. Okay. Let me say that I take your book okay. and 
it actually changes the way that I interact with reality and my family and my friends. Okay. And, and it profoundly shapes my worldview. Yes. And I can actually look back in 10 years and say, I'm a better person now because I adopted the principles that are in that book. Okay. The points of doctrine, maybe. Okay. Does it mean, does my profound improvement in uh, my outlook on life and the way that I inter interact with reality, does that have any relationship with the truth of the propositions within? Could we have a book that teaches how to have, teaches how to have a good life and be better, but it be based on something that's not real? Sure, of course. Okay, so if that's the case, yeah. how can we actually tell that, that this book is the truth? You're asking for proof, like physical evidence. That's what I would want. Okay. That's what I would want. Do you want evidence? Is evidence important for you? Simple answer, we can't give it to you. There's no such thing. Good Mormon, I, I could never You can't that. give me evidence. Did you use evidence to arrive at your conclusions that this is true? I mean, yes, and sure. I mean, just like small pieces, like you believe that Joseph Smith, who translated the Book of Mormon, lived in upstate New York. It's like, yeah, that's probably true. That's and if you look in the records, he was living there. Yeah, so. in upstate New York, yes. Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at here is, are the tests that you're performing, or that you performed in the past, I don't know if you still occasionally do them. Might be interesting if you did. Yeah. But are the tests that you're conducting to confirm that the Holy Book is indeed the Word of God, is the truth, is that evidence? Is your ability to test it and the results that you see the evidence? Or do you not even need that? Would you still believe this if there wasn't a clause about how you can go about and test it? If I read the book and there wasn't a clause that said I could read it and find out it was true, if yeah. I read the book and it brought peace and happiness in my life, and I felt inner peace myself, like a confirming of this has to be true because it makes me feel happy, it makes mm -hmm. me feel successful, mm -hmm. and I'm living by principles that allow me to feel this way, mm -hmm. that are just good values, and I'm a happier person, and I'm nicer to people, and good things are happening to me in my life, regardless of what it says at the end of the book, of course. A profoundly changed lifestyle is enough for you to accept it? Or do you care if it's true at the heart of it? Is it more about how it impacts you? Or is it more about being impacted by something that's not factually real and true? Did I, did I confuse you with that question? I think you just broke me. Yeah. Can you, can you say that yeah, one can more you say time? It again? Yeah. Sorry. There seems to be no question that you're getting value from thinking that this is true. Okay. And it's profoundly changing your life. Yeah. yeah. Is the benefit that you're getting from thinking that it's true more important than being able to tell if it really is factually true? Yes. What do you think? That's a hard one. I would say that, um, well, I think I'd agree. I think that I would certainly hope it was true um, after all I've been through and all I've experienced. But like Elder said, if it improves the overall quality of my life, then why would it matter, I guess? You know, I think it matters personally to me very much because I enjoy the scriptures. I enjoy the knowledge of not only my religion but other religions i enjoy learning 
and and growing that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would certainly hope it was true. But if if all I got out of it was an improved quality of life, then good for me, I'd say overall. <laughs> yeah, I think we were just talking about earlier how somebody could not even somebody can still be a good person and find happiness and meaning and purpose without thinking that it's true or a completely different God is real. If people can still achieve happiness, meaning, purpose, and all those other stuff, all those other things, without having to think that they have the truth with this book, why do you need the book? Why can't you do this without the book? Why can't you be just as healthy, happy, and loving, and caring, and generous, and peaceful without this book? Simple answer is you can. Yeah. There's nothing that says you can't. If you can, why on earth would you be bringing the book into it? Something that maybe we can't actually test to see if it's true. Now you're getting into Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus Christ is the question that you are now asking us. That that is how I take this because that's that's Mm. exactly the route that I would take. Does somebody need to have Jesus Christ in their life to achieve all the benefits that you're currently getting? Yes. It's impossible to have happiness, meaning, and purpose without Jesus being in your life. That's what I think I hear you saying. The fullness of the blessings and happiness in your life. You can still be a very happy person, very peaceful, and have content with your life, for sure. Mm. But to receive full direction in your life, to receive the fullness of happiness and direction Mm -hmm. that people want in their lives, can't be done without Jesus Christ. Can't be done without Jesus? Yeah. Hmm. Could you entertain a hypothetical with me? Yeah. Let's pretend, I think you even suggested it earlier, let's pretend that the book isn't a source of truth. Okay. It's, it's, just, it's just wrong. It's not, it's not real. Okay. It sounds like you think that you can still be good people without those views. I think that's what we agreed on, right? Yeah. Okay. How could we actually tell the difference? How would you be any different if you didn't think that Jesus was the necessary component to all of this? Let's say it's 10 years from now, you know, and you've really exhausted your, your, your search and you've conducted multiple tests, or maybe you've, you've even taken a look at your tests and you're starting to think, this is some test. It only okay. tells me when it's right. It never tells me when it's wrong. Okay. And you start to take another look at your views. How would your lives be any different if you didn't have the book? It sounds like you think that people can still achieve all those things without it. Okay. Why do you need it? Can I give a shot? Me? Can I give a shot? Oh, okay. yeah, you go. I'm going to yeah. grab some water, too, while, yeah, yeah, please while you think about that one. Okay. Man, i got to be careful. I'm not very good at speaking sometimes. Were you the, were, was it you or your buddy who, at the very start, was saying, I'm a little bit worried I might say something that I might regret later, or I didn't oh, worry. definitely me. Was that you? Oh, yeah. But do you remember what I said? No. I, I said something like, however, even if that happened, wouldn't there be some value in that? Because. Oh, yeah now we could realize that maybe there's a better way of expressing it okay. or yeah. maybe a better reason or perhaps a better test. Yeah. So I, I would like to encourage you to not be too worried about saying something okay. that you may later regret because we're still going to advance the conversation if you do. Okay. I, that's the way, I, that's the way that I look no, at that, it. That's a great way of looking at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me give this a shot now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We believe in prophets. Do you understand what a prophet is? Like uh, someone who predicts something? Basically the mouthpiece for God. For mm. Mm-hmm. And they receive revelation from God, and then they give it to the world. Things that they need to do. For example, have you heard of the Ten Commandments? 
I have. And what, I, what I'm sensing here is that we're going to be starting to talk about what you think is true. Okay. When I'm interested in reasons. Yep. Yep. Is this a reason? This is a reason. Gotcha. Go okay. for it. Yep. So, we believe that prophets narrow down the things that we need to do in order to find happiness and success and peace in this life. We believe that like by living the commandments, that's where we find happiness and peace. Can someone have an equally meaningful, purposeful, and happy life without being a Mormon? Yeah. Without being of the LDS church? Mm. I would say it's, it's, that's hard. Like all of humanity, it's, I wouldn't, I don't know. For each individual person, it's different. Um, it depends. I'm, I'm, on I'm interested in what you guys think. Yeah. You're here, you're, you're passing out Bibles, you're inviting people to, to accept the truth that you're offering. Yeah. And if your lives wouldn't be in any way different uh, without this view, why on earth should anyone honestly consider it? Especially if we can't possibly test it to see if it's factually true or not. It would be different now. How would your life be any different if 10 years from now you were not a Mormon? If I was living the lifestyle I was living beforehand? Before? Like, are you saying living the same principles we are now without the book or living the previous lives we lived? Not your previous lives. Although we can revisit that. Okay. Do you do you think that you would go back to your previous lives where it wasn't quite as meaningful and purposeful and happy if you discovered that you have no good reason for thinking that this book is true? No. Not after no. not after I felt the peace and I found direction from reading the book. And just because mm. of the doctrine. Okay. I was I wasn't very happy before. Yeah. I started living what we call gospel principles, gospel doctrine. Mm-hmm. Here, let me ask one more question, then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I don't want to overwhelm any of us with these questions. And you can ask me questions back. Okay. Um, It it kind of has to go back to what we've been talking about. Okay. Where I'm wondering, I'm honestly curious, if you think your lives would get worse in any way, if you decided that I don't have a good reason for thinking that this is true. Could you even continue your lives enjoying the benefits of the belief without the ability to test it and to confirm it? Is that good enough for you? Or do you want to hold views that are testable and repeatable and confirmable by anyone that goes and embarks on those tests? I would say it is for us in the sense that we walk by faith, where we test these things every single day. The second we wake up, we say a prayer. Is it one of the tests that will never yield a result to show that you're wrong about it all? I would say yes in the sense that when I don't pray, I don't feel peace and direction in my day. But when I do pray, when I do read the scriptures, mm-hmm. I feel that guidance in my life. And that, that mm-hmm. for me, is the failure of the test or the okay. positive outcome of the test of praying. Can you repeat that one more time? You, The way that you can actually, the way that you go about on a daily basis testing Correct. your faith... Yes. The Mormon faith, the LDS church's teachings. Even just the faith in God, anybody. Sure. Yeah. The reason where you can say that you're 100% sure yeah. that your God is real and this yep. book has the truth, mm-hmm. your testing process is praying. Yeah. And what's the failure component to that? What What is the outcome of your prayer that says, I can't think that this God is real if this happens? 
we just say a personal spiritual witness. I know that sounds kind of crazy because obviously- What's the failure component to it? What is what is the equivalent of looking into the, into the bag to see if you brought me back a six inch sub or a foot long? I really don't think I'm understanding the question. No? So, <clears throat> um, I could try it a different way. No, that's okay. I, I understand what you're saying. The simple fact is there is none. Um, you talk, you, you keep talking about like, you know, if, why would somebody partake in a test if there's no failure component? Why would somebody want to participate in a test where they could fail? If there is no way you can fail in this test, wouldn't that mean it was true? Not necessarily. So, so, well, let's say that you buy, the sandwich example maybe is a little, not working quite as good as I was thinking, but if you brought me back something, a box, and there was something in it that you are telling me that it's a, that, that, that sandwich, that six inch sandwich that you bought me, yeah. but I don't have the ability to inspect the results and to actually see what it was you brought back. I could be thinking that there's a six inch sub in there when in reality there's not. Maybe you actually got a pizza and you just wanted to see my reaction when I open up the box and the pizza's in there. If I don't have a way to inspect the contents, if I don't have a way to test the claim, to compare it to something that would be a failure of the, of the proposition, why would I accept it? Okay, well I would say that using your sandwich analogy, that it's, you know, that we brought you back a, a section sub, or we brought you back a pizza. Well, in the, the promise in this book is not something that we're giving you. It's something that God is giving you. And so- the, You think that this is the case because the book says it. And what I want to get into is how yeah. we're confirming that this is really the case. Like we said, it's it's a spiritual promise. We, we can't like mm. sit you down and say, you know, look, that tree mm. over there is evidence that this promise is real. Um, Can spiritual promises be made up? Sure they can. Anybody can make one up. I could make one up. We could, we could literally make up a spiritual promise, write it down in a book? Of course. Yeah. Scriptures tell us to test everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was good? Yeah, sorry. I wish we had better answers for you. No, that's fine. There's, like I, like I was saying, I think there's still value in this. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself for not being able to convey a little bit better how I view the importance of testing, that it, it's, you're almost asking me to basically just accept that there's a six inch sub in the box. And my test is, well, you just told me that there's one in there. Or it was written in the book that that's the case. And you're not giving me a way to open up the package and inspect it. I think. I think that's what I'm getting here. Do you, okay. Let me try just one last time. One last time. Mm -hmm. Do you care to know if God is real? Yes. If God is real, would you want to know that he's real? Yes. Perfect. So the invitation we give to people is that we believe that if you read the book, and you pray about it, mm -hmm. just to ask God if he is real. You pray on a daily basis. Yes. And you're getting results that are confirming to you that it's true. Correct. And you even did this in the past before you went on your mission trips here. Correct. You embarked on testing it to see and you were getting results back. Correct. Yet what I'm hearing is that these are results that were confirming it for you. Correct. What would a result look like that would disconfirm it for you to say, 
oh, this book is mistaken. That's what I'm trying to get to here. I would That's say the beauty. there isn't one. You yeah. can't. It, 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 there's. It, it can't fail. The test can't fail. Hmm. If you do what it says, it can't fail. Now, like other you said, it's it's contingent on you actually doing what it says. So you, we can't just give you a Book of Mormon and then you hold it in your hands and kneel down and say, "Is this book true?" In the Book of Mormon, uh, there's another section of scripture that talks about experimenting upon the word. So you have to. Was this the verse you were mentioning before, or no? So you have Another to. Verse. You mm. have to read through the whole book mm -hmm. with that mindset that okay, I hope this is true, and then get down on your knees and ask about it. So we could we could give you this book and you could say, all right, I'm going to okay. do the test right now. Yeah. That's not how it works. This goes back to what I think you were saying before. People will have success. Well, people will be more likely to conclude that this is true if they start with the hope that it is. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. Do you see any problem in that whatsoever? Your head just jerked to the left when yeah, I said that. I know, I know, because we're, we're back at the beginning. <laughs> He's trying to rack his Sometimes head. we take two steps forward and back. I know, it's, I know. it's that football metaphor again. Uh -huh. I would say, yeah, if you're not, if you're, if you're going into it saying this book is wrong, there's nothing I want to learn from this. I'm just going to show that it's not true. Wouldn't an adequate test yes, yes. resolve this? Okay. So. Even if I started it with the perspective or the attitude of, I'm very skeptical about this. Okay. A, a sufficient test should convince me nonetheless. Okay. No, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's my answer for you. I do not think it is wrong to read from the Book of Mormon and to pray and during the prayer say, God, I don't know if I believe that you're real. You, you don't you think that that's an appropriate thing to do? I don't think that's wrong to do at all. Oh, okay. I think, I think you Midway through a prayer, you'd be fine if someone said, hold on a second, who am I praying to? Is there anyone listening? How could I actually determine that this is the case? Of course. My of book course. says that it's true. Yeah. But how can I know that it really is? Yes. Beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely no. not. I think that is an mm -hmm. awesome thing to do, mm -hmm. especially in your case. So in your case, you'd be praying and you'd say, God, I don't know if you're real. I, I really don't know if I believe it. Mm -hmm. but I, I hope that you are if you are real. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, you could ask for a, a witness. And we believe that by that, that is a, that would be an act of faith, that you're praying and asking for just something. A witness meaning an experience? An experience. Of okay. Or a feeling in your chest or something. Let me repeat back what I'm hearing. Okay. Yes. If I approach the book from a point of, well, this... I still have an issue with that. Like, I think something should be testable regardless of my attitude towards it. Okay. But let's say that I decide to have an open heart and I'm honestly willing to entertain it and I have the hope that it's factually true. And I ask for a witness. I pray sincerely, genuinely. I get down on my knees, you know, I look at the sky and I'm sincere in it. Could I have an experience later that would make me think that it just confirmed everything that I asked for, but it not be the case. No, I don't it's, think so. It's impossible. I think we... The experience, hold on. The experience, this is what I think I'm hearing. Okay. If I did all that and I had an experience the next day and I'm like, that must have been, that's it. That's, that's, that's the answer from, from God. Okay. That's confirming that this book is real, re independent of my attitude or whatever towards towards what it was. There's no way that I could be mistaken on it. Yeah, yeah I think so. Where's the testing part of that? The prayer. No, no, no. What? <laughs> How would I be able to figure out 
How would I be, that's okay. How would I be able to figure out that that wasn't a God listening to my prayers and making that witness happen? We can't prove it to you. I think that uh, you're speaking to two people who've only had the experience that it's true and we believe that there's no other way and everybody we know knows that there's no other way and so we know that for ourselves and so we can't give you an answer where we say, hey, like, mm. this is the other side of the test because mm. we took the test. We believe that that's how it is. And so yeah. maybe it is slightly biased in that sense, but we can only give you an answer from us and from everybody else that we know that's I think had that you, I think you raise. I think you raise a great point. You are the only one that can do this test. Yeah. yeah. You are the, and I, I'd be the only one that can do this test. Um, you th you, you're telling me that you're performing these tests and then things are happening that are confirming to you that it's the case. Over and over and over, yeah. Is there any way that you could be mistaken about that? And that what you think is happening isn't an actual confirmation that the book is true? I don't believe so. No. Okay. All right. Good shot. That's awesome. Can I just say real quick too, like, you know, you said that you're atheist, correct? I really respect that. I have a very large respect for people that are atheists because the way I view it is, to me, it takes a lot more faith to be atheist, if that makes sense. That the idea mm. that all of this just came from nothing, that it was just a huge <laughs> chance, that everything happened just so, so that we could be here, and everything just happened to work out so that we came here how we did. Mm. In my opinion, and I know that it is slightly biased, that takes a lot more faith, and I, I really respect that and your beliefs and <laughs> that's interesting things like that well i'll tell you maybe when if you're going to be here for a while and we we cross paths again and you have a little time in your schedule okay. can we pick it up with faith because i think that's where we left our first yeah. conversation of course and then this would be a good starting point let's yeah. let's talk about your definition of that word it might be different than yours okay. it may be different than mine yeah. and then let's look at the application of the word Beautiful. and let's see if i'm actually taking things on faith and if you are yeah. taking things on faith Love and that. uh yeah, I think that'd be really productive. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the next topic. I think that'd be wonderful. Okay. Absolutely. All right. You, I think I owe you a second puzzle piece because this is your second chat. Okay. I still have my other two. I gave you two? Well, you gave other one and you gave me one. Did he give you his? Yeah, I still have it. Oh, why didn't he keep it? Wonderful. Because I wanted it. Oh, you wanted his piece? Yeah. Take one for yourself. Okay. That will make your second. And then let me since you're here I'll offer this to you which color would you like Ooh, do you have a preference blue you want... no yeah blue there you definitely. go well thank you and then um, you're just holding that piece for your friend yeah, is, that, yeah. is that my understanding yeah. okay it's no big deal I was hoping that he'd keep it as a reminder of our conversation some people think that they have to have the puzzle piece in order to come back to do another talk and that's it's not like a ticket that you need to talk to me <laughs> but um, alright yeah. good that was that was really fantastic. Thank you for your time. Yeah, that's so and awesome. yeah, that was really great. I hope to run to you again. And let's pick it up on faith. Okay, we'll yeah. see you soon. Then. Okay, see you around. around. And thank you for the sandwich too. Of course. Okay. Bye bye. Just give me one sec. Okay. Howdy. Hey. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. What's um, going on? I've just seen you around a few times, so I'm curious mm. about you know uh, what you do. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. 
the views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization.